Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And off the back of our episode last week, which was the quick snaps with Wes Hodd, um, I have an absolute heavyweight, probably the heavyweight in the game. It's the Mike Tyson in his heyday. It's Aaron Nagler on the line to, to help me preview. Aaron, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Thanks so much for having me back on. And, you know, if I'm Tyson in his heyday, undoubtedly there's a Buster Douglas waiting around the corner to take <laughs> me down. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we'll set you against Wes Hodd and whoever else we have on. And maybe there'll be some sort of Royal Rumble action going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So this this where I started yeah. to say like would you want to talk trash about anybody else and then we just get you know we we started Twitter sphere in an absolute <laughs> shambles we think it's we've enough of that absolutely though. right no no please never I I don't take <laughs> shots I, I I wait for people to take them at me and then I return the fire that's usually right. how I try to operate do you know what that's a really good point that and that's a good place to start because Aaron legitimately you're one of the most fascinating guys um, in the Packers sphere and kind of in social media anime but certainly the Packers sphere and we all know you from you know Transplants which was a fantastic episode that dropped last night you and Corey great to see you guys back together again and your Packers daily people can log on you know you're sipping from your cup of coffee but one thing that you never shy away from right and I find this more so lately is that Twitter followers sometimes are hard to come by you know people want you to you know, do certain things and give them stuff in order for them to follow it. You know, and it's hard to build up an audience and you've been grinding now for a number of years. But one thing that you don't shy away from is the likes of that. You'll take people head on um, and you can like rinse someone who comes back to your fire shots or whatever. What's your opinion around that? Because, you know, you often talk about political stuff on your Twitter. How do you balance the Packers material that you've worked hard to build up? And your other opinions that you have, because you guys always get, uh, and it's the same with Jason Wilde and everything else, and this is the longest question that's ever been asked in the history of mankind. I understand that, right? <laughs> but I'm, I'm setting the it's scene. Your, it's, your, it's your ode to Jason Wilde. <laughs> well, I, I know. Jason, and then I just know, all right, there's 10 minutes and it's going to be a deadly question at the end of this, but let's just wait and find out how it all pans out. Um, so that's the thing is that, you know, you guys are always told to stop talking about other stuff that isn't sport, which must get really, really irritating. How do you, what's your philosophy on it? How do you sort of weigh up being Packers, Guy, but also having your own opinion and don't mind losing followers because you speak your mind. Yeah, it's I don't know. I think there it definitely came to a point a couple of years ago where I made I did have a concerted make a concerted effort to uncensor myself, so to speak. And yeah. I think it really happened around uh, the protests regarding police brutality that started with Kaepernick, you know, back four years ago. Yeah, um, that was a real moment where. I had been kind of, and even before then, I talked Star Wars, I talked music, movies, what have you, but I hadn't done, I haven't really spoken about or tweeted about political things or even touched that third rail because of what you're talking about. You're trying to build a, an audience, a brand, what have you. But then it was funny because that year was when obviously the protests began in the NFL and I was on the beat. It wasn't like I was sitting here in New York. I was flying into Wisconsin every week for all the games and covering it as for Gannett. So I had to walk the straight and narrow and be, you know, facts only kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, I was talking to guys in the locker room, mostly off the record, but it was a kind of a, an eye opening moment for myself, yeah. you know, as far as, um, you know, something that I had, I had heard 
African-Americans talk about, but I had never really investigated for myself, which is probably to my eternal shame as a white man in America. But it is something I had heard a lot about as far as police brutality and uh, the targeting of African-Americans and how they are treated. And it is always something I didn't I didn't dismiss out of hand or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I believed people when they said these things, but I never really kind of gathered the scope of it. And those protests really kind of opened my eyes. And like I said, I was talking to people and I just started kind of reading about it and learning more about it. And then finally, I was when I came back to Cheesehead TV full time, when I left the beat and was essentially allowed uh, to tweet whatever the hell I want again. Yeah. Um, I, I just I told myself I'm I'm. I'm going to say what I want to say. And if people get upset by it and people say, I only want Packers from you. Well, that's great. That's why there's a Cheesehead TV account. Yeah. You know that you are more than welcome to follow Cheesehead TV, which is only about the Packers and occasionally has touched on political things or social justice because that's what the Packers are doing. You know, that's the other thing. It's not like you, this is happening in a vacuum. Like mm. the Packers are very involved at this point. So how can you not be? Like, and I understand people maybe not having the same opinion as, say, a Mark Murphy or Matt LaFleur or Devontae Adams, what have you, but they're talking about it, so I'm going to talk about it. Mm. And like I said, I just kind of gave myself permission finally to say, look, I don't care. If, if you don't want to follow me, fine. Uh, if you, you want to come at me and say I'm wrong, that's fine. But I'm not going to stop tweeting about it. I'm not going to stop bringing attention to it because I think in the grand you know, swath, the pantheon of, of history – my tweets aren't going to change anything in the great tide of this battle. But if I can make one person do what I did in regards to, OK, maybe I should kind of drill down on this and actually take a look at the issues that are being talked about. If I can just get one person to do that. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, look, too too true, because uh, I sort of spoke about it briefly on our podcast, and like you say, from Ireland, I don't know. What, now, I know that we've got a, a large enough audience over in the US or whatever, but I don't know how they're going to take from an Irishman telling them, hey, you should do this. But like, even <laughs> even to me, it's sometimes it's as simple as watching that documentary 13th on Netflix or something, or just trying to delve down um, into it. But I think from a person in your position and you're, you're influential, very influential online, uh, for you to take that responsibility and make that decision, I think is brave because it's very easy for someone with five followers, you know, to be like, oh, go Trump or go Biden or whatever right. side of the fence you sit on. But for you to do it and risk losing that and sort of, you know, I don't know, straddle those two worlds, I guess, um, is pretty brave. But if we can turn our attention sort of on similar lines to do with Packers, what I find is, is that I am, me and you, we are going to have graveyard plots beside each other on the hill that we're going to die on, which is that the Packers <laughs> seem to be fine uh, on wide receiver number two action, right? Between the Alan Lazards, MVSs, ESB, if you could stay healthy, right? Now, I've been waxing lyrical and I've been getting loads of abuse uh, about saying that type of thing. Now, I find sometimes that there is, if you're too positive about the team, then people just think, oh yeah, well, you're just positive and you're just all Packers all the time and you don't see the real thing. And then also if you're too negative, well, then you have people saying, oh, why do you even bother supporting if you're just going to trash this team? Um, where do you stand sort of on the Packers? Is that something that's changed for you that you've tried to be more positive about it? Or do you always just sort of shoot from the hip and say how you feel, even if that's a bad thing. Because on your Packers transplants, you do talk about Jay Sternberger having stone hands, you know, so you're not on the defense. You're sort of like uh, today on Packers Daily, you were asked, well, you know, can the defense hold up? What do they need to do? And you said, just pray. So, I mean, you're, you seem to be very uh, realistic about it. But do you try to take a more sort of uh, positive tilt or is it the same old nags where you just say how you feel? I mean, it's mostly just how I feel. I don't really, it's not calculated or anything, but I do know that 
there certainly was a, a another again talking about a tonal shift almost. It's cer- I certainly kind of changed the lens I was looking at the team through when I came back and made Cheesehead TV my full time gig. Hmm. Um, there's no doubt that when I was kind of coming up, so to speak, with however you want to call it, my goal was to be you know someone who covered the team professionally. Yeah. That was all I wanted to do. So I tried to be Mr. I'm firm but fair, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to call it like I see it. And if that, you know, if the guys don't like it or if the somebody gets mad, that's like, you know, it's not I don't care. Like, I'm just telling the truth. Well, the truth is often buried uh, way past what we can see surface on the surface, you know, on the outside. Um, and I found that out after covering the team professionally for a couple of years. And it just got to a point where I, I, I kind of looked around the space and I kind of gave myself permission to be a fan. Yeah. Um, because I had been fighting against it for a really long time. And finally, like when I got back with Corey, and Corey's always been like this. Like, Corey's <laughs> been like, you know, th- th- yeah. this is the team. I love the team. <laughs> like, I don't care who's covering it, who's even, sometimes who's, who's even on it, because eventually, you know, they're going to retire, or get cut or move on or whatever. You're still going to be there being a fan. So it's not that the team can do no wrong, because I certainly don't think that's the case, but I'm rooting for them. I am actively rooting for them to do well, Hmm. which I get, you know, you watch online and golly, it's hard to imagine that some of these people are actually rooting for the team instead of picking them apart, nitpicking every decision, saying what they should have done instead of what they did and why that's a wrong choice and blah, 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 blah. Everybody, it's like, the platforms that are available to to every single fan are great in the sense that it connects us all together, but it's, yeah, it's so negative so much of the time, even when things are going well, they're two and open <laughs> up 40 points a game yeah. and people are so pissed about stuff. And again, look, you just talked about it. Yes. The run defense is a concern. There's no question about it. There are things to talk about that are not, you know, unicorns and puppies, but overall, yes, I'm rooting for the team to do well. And I think, like I said, I did give myself that permission a couple of years ago. Yeah. And that has led to people like somebody on the Twitter the other day was like, you know, the Packers could trade away Aaron Rodgers for a fifth round pick and you would, you know, defend <laughs> it as a great decision. And, you know, I will say maybe not a fifth round pick, but if they got a third for him, you know, something like that. Jordan Love was looking good in practice. Maybe I'd defend that. But, you know, it's just it's just an idea that like, yeah, just give yourself permission to actually want them to do well and hope for the best rather than pick apart the worst. That's it. Yeah, because I said the same thing on our last podcast. I was like, it was the same. Like, we put up two, we can't really call them, can we call them 40 burgers? Is that a thing? Can we say 40 instead of 50? Yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. So 40 burgers. We've had, we've snacked away on two 40 burgers. And yeah, there is a, still a section. Now, look, you and I and an awful lot of the people out there, we do realize that there's massive deficiencies on this team. Some of the stuff wasn't addressed. I don't know how, well, I guess I do know how you feel about it, uh, about the draft. And, you know, the draft, the way we see it here is that it kind of got away from the Packers. They reached for love, they thinking that he could potentially be the future. And I don't see anyone now in Agler complaining about what they did with the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> pick. You know what I mean? I don't see anyone moaning right. about that now, going, yeah, but you know, maybe it wasn't such a good idea. So there's that whole thing. Look, you might not agree with it, but I kind of get what's going on. And exactly what you said, and Jason Wildey raised this on the podcast as well when he talked about 
there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you you are probably more um, attuned to it now than definitely I am, obviously. Um, but there's stuff that goes on and there's a whole sort of atmosphere behind the team of stuff that we don't see. So that's just what I find it funny when you have fans who have this absolute absolutist attitude that say, oh, they did this for this reason and it didn't work out, so it's wrong. And you're like, ah. you know, but anyway, I guess we could go down a rabbit hole on that. Well, yeah, and, and fans, fans prescribing reasons are always funny to me because you don't know the reasoning. None yeah. of us do. I mean... Unless you've got Brian Gutekunst on truth serum, you know, nobody does. So I, I, that's, yeah, that's, those are the types of things I'm talking about when people are like, oh, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, well, okay, no, mm. I understand questioning it. Again, it comes down, it basically comes down to tone, but it's, you know, I understand saying, I don't get why he made that move as opposed to this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like there's such a infinite degree there, you know? That's, I guess that's what gets me going. Yeah, and I know that you've said it before in the past and, and recently, you know, someone might ask you a question you're like, look, I don't know. And I think it's okay to say you don't know. And that's the, right. some of the stuff is very confusing, like the way they didn't address the D-line, let's say, and you're like, yeah, that's odd. But I guess if you look at the talent and the way the draft went, it kind of makes sense. It's not great, but it's not, what else can you do? But anyway, we could get down a rabbit hole. <laughs> this is the Quick Snaps episode all about the Saints. But before we get on to sort of, not the granular level, because, you know, let's not get too deep on it, but Aaron Rodgers to me certainly and I've been saying this over the last maybe two years is that he's kind of taken this different he seems like a different guy it was always that thing if and this is science now I'm going to try to keep the listeners along with us here when Aaron Rodgers smiles we win I mean that's facts I mean there <laughs> has to be some sort of experiment they could do in a lab somewhere but that seems true to me right that's bone cutting analysis right there but he seemed in all honesty he seems happier in himself and he talked about this on the Pat McAfee show which is a bit of revelation because there's a bit of a locker roomy vibe uh, to that show from you covering the team as close as you do and from being around these guys, Nagler, do you think that Aaron Rodgers has changed? Has he mellowed out just with age? Or do you think it's the offensive system and LaFleur and the media dogging him and he all finds it a little bit funny and he's sort of, you know, becoming more of a laid-back kind of guy? Is it an age thing? Is it a scheme thing? Is it a personal development thing? What's going on with him, do you think? Well, I think that, I mean, there are many layers. And again, that's something we will never really truly know. Uh, unless Aaron chooses to share it with us, like he did a little bit on the McAfee show. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's got to be a combination. Uh, undoubtedly, his successor, his potential successor being on the roster, I think plays into it a little bit. Uh, his Packers mortality, if you will, mm. being being shown to him. Um. And look, he like he has said many times, he can only control what he can control, and I think it's allowed him to kind of let go, you know. And you've definitely seen the results in the field. And you're right. It's funny because this has been a storyline going through the start of camp and even kind of through the offseason. Um, it, it was noticeable, though, once camp started, so many yeah. people remarked instantly how his demeanor was so bright. And yeah. it's not that he's, you know, a dour guy in any, in any way, shape or form, but it's just noticeable. So, you know, and, and you know, I went on a, not a tirade, but I went on a bit of a thing this morning on the radio about. Look, you know, what he does in his personal life and whatever's making him happy or whatever, great, awesome. You know, it's good for him. I don't I'm not really interested in it. Just yeah. in from the sense of like, that's his personal life. And if I'm sitting here for the last X number of years, anytime anyone asks about who he's dating or yeah, what's yeah. going on with his family, every time I anyone ever asks me about that stuff, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. So if I don't care when things are are you know full of friction and doubt and what have you, well then I don't care when things are going well either. I just, I don't care. Like we don't talk about JK Scott's personal life. We're not down talking about, you know, what, who Christian Kirksey is seeing. Like, yeah. I don't care. I really don't care. 
Yeah, that's the main one you see. It's like, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's obvious because he doesn't have a girlfriend. It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's just, it makes me mm-hmm. curl up with a little ball. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm happy for the guy because he just seemed so, not highly strung, but I mean, he was, if you look at a Ronaldo, for instance, I mean, here's a guy who, you know, doesn't smile a lot on the pitch and he's very, very intense. And there was just that intensity level around Aaron Rodgers. It's nice that he's able to sort of ease up a little bit um, and have fun, uh, dare I say, at the twilight of his career. But certainly as he sort of gets <laughs> further into it, you know. The back nine. The back nine. It. Yeah, the back nine. But we're coming up against a Saints team that are really, really dangerous. And I know you've spoken about it on on various channels, um, Packers Daily, uh, um, Transplants and all that kind of stuff. Um, But if I could pick your brain just a little bit again, uh, to me, Aaron, this all comes down to keeping Alvin Kamara and the offense off the field. We've seen that happen with the Vikes. It turns out that that was just a false alarm and a, not really a precaution because they laid an egg yeah. uh, last week. So we sort of put it down like, oh, the, you know, the time of possession was crazy. That's what did it. And you're like, well, and the Vikings. Um, so when it comes to the Saints <laughs> team, they're incredibly good at home. You had a funny tweet earlier where you said, well, we're about to change history because, you know, we're going to hand it to... No, I'm studying football with Breeze and Peyton. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops, going to come on down. Um, so is the trick literally just to run the ball down their throats, uh, manage the time of possession? Um, or do you think this is a Saints team that is on the decline because Drew Brees is getting older? As you said, uh, again, on your show, that, you know, these quarterbacks don't tend to ease up a little bit. They can fall off a cliff. It's very early doors. A lot of ball game left, as you say, um, to do with Drew Brees here. Uh, what type of Saints team are we actually going to come up against? I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, mm-hmm. after watching them on Monday Night Football and Knockwood, thank God they're on a short week. So, I, I mean, you take every advantage you can get when you're facing Peyton and Brees. But yeah. You know, I, I tell you what, um, I know if I know Drew, Drew Brees and Sean Payton at all, what they're going to want to do is run the football against the Packers, especially considering Kenny Clark is most likely going to be out again. Yeah. Um, I know we think of the Saints as this high flying Star Wars numbers type outfit, but every time the Packers go down to, to New Orleans, Sean Payton just pounds and pounds and pounds the football and then makes hay off of play action. Yeah. And I don't see this one being any different. I, I think I think both teams are going to do this, but I think, you know, the uh, the Saints undoubtedly have the path of least resistance here. Uh, I know, like you said, Kamara is an absolute weapon yeah. and they can utilize him in the passing game. They can get him out on the edge. This is a week where I don't think they need to. I think they're going to test the Packers up the middle through the A-gap early and often. And if the Packers can't hold up, they're going to continue to do it because that's going to make Petten have to bring linebacker blitzes and have to bring a safety in the box. And once that happens, then Sean Payton can start to cook. Um, so to me, it's it is very much for the in the Packers' way of thinking, it, very much about keeping that offense off the field, take the air out of the ball, like make that game as short as possible, and uh, don't let Breeze and company have many cracks at the. At, at that defense yeah and we saw the defense um last week you know pick on Devonte, double team him try take him out of the game they effectively did um but the packers again with aaron jones just an absolute revelation if Devonte doesn't play uh in this game i mean is is that a game changer in the sense that then they can focus their attention on aaron jones and then we really have to depend on lazard and mvs to have the games of their life to win this or are you still comfortable that lafleur can scheme up some magic yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to cook on offense. I really do. Um, I think, uh, you know, Devontae being in there or not, we've seen evidence of it last year when the offense was really kind of in fits and starts. They were still able to scheme up, you know, big-time production without Devontae in. Uh, this year, with this offense, the way they're playing, oh, man, baby, I, I'm I'm kind of excited about it. And like, yeah. Look, of course, I a billion percent want Devontae in there. But if he's not, I, I have little doubt 
that, you know, the other pieces will be able to step up. And I know obviously Aaron Jones is a big component, mm. but the tight ends, the running backs, that's what they leaned on last year in, in Devon, during Devontae's absence. I think that will continue. But then, of course, you can't discount Lazard and MVS, who are absolutely off to a fantastic start, mm. drops notwithstanding from MVS. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think they've got the tools they need. And the biggest thing is, and I know the Saints have just announced they're going to allow like 750 people in or something like that, or friends and family. But, I mean, ultimately, that's not a crowd. Um, so, essentially, Aaron Rodgers is once again going to be in what basically – uh, turns out to be a neutral environment on the road, mm. which is just a win for the Packers. It is just the ultimate way uh, to allow that offense to operate without the tackles having to look in at the ball to get the snap, to he be able to hear the quarterback. It changes the entire dynamic of the game, and I think it really bodes well for Green Bay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, lack of noise. Uh, the fact that Aaron's playing differently, we see him work the middle of the field now, which is just super rare. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Do you reckon it's going to be a high-scoring game, and do you reckon the Packers come out on top ultimately, putting the fan hat on? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be like a 31-28 type affair. Hopefully, Crosby gets that kick in early in the game rather than late. But um, yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, despite their best efforts, uh, to keep him off the field, that Saints offense will score. There's yeah. zero doubt about that. Um, to me, though, I, I think the Packers are going to have just enough just to, to eke out a little bit more. Well, it was absolutely fascinating to get to talk to you. Um, it always is, and it's great listening to your stuff. But um, do you want to tell everybody, not as if they don't know already, but do you want to tell people what you have cooking with Cheesehead TV and where to find you and what you're most excited about bringing people content-wise this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got new articles every day on the website, of course, and I do my, as you alluded to, my Packers daily chats every single day. It's 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm in New York, so it's Eastern time. Uh, but we get people literally from all over the globe. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Packer transplants every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. That's myself and my co-founder, Corey Banke. That's a live show. That's an hour each and every week. And then on game days is probably our big push this year. Uh, we do five plus hours. Uh, last week, I think it was close to six live streaming entirety of the game. We do a hour pregame show this week, though. I think it'll only be a half hour because it's a night game. Yeah. Um, and then we do you know, a three hour watch party where we you know, you can watch the game with us and then uh, an hour of post game. So that's, you know, it's lots of live programming around Cheesehead TV, no doubt. Yeah, amazing content. And again, if anyone wants to see your stuff, that's where to go. And if they want to support you, they can go to patreon.com uh, and find Cheesehead TV on there and jump on that $5 tier, I believe, as well. But Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Man legend, as always, Aaron. It's great to have you on. And uh, I'll probably tune in, watch you guys watching the game while I'm watching the game as well. It'll be everybody just watching the game together. But everybody go. watching the game, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Packers Worldwide, baby, that's what we are all about. Cheers, Aaron. Absolutely. Thanks a lot so much. Thanks so much for having me.